let's all now turn to the book of John, chapter 15, verse 10 through 12. And after you get the chance to turn to the book of John, chapter 15, verse 10 through 12, if you could please stand to honor the reading of his word. John 15, 10 through 12 says, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. Even as I have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love, I have spoken these things to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. God bless the reading of his word and you may be seated. Joy is a three-letter word. It's spelt J-O-Y, in case you weren't aware. <laughs> Yet joy is found, or in other words, spelled out differently for most people. And I don't mean in a literal sense with letters, but I mean that many people find joy in, other, in strange things. It's just how it is. A lot of people will find joy in one thing, happiness I'm talking about. And then other people find happiness, joy. And other things. There are there are many things that bring us superficial momentary happiness or joy. It comes fast and it goes fast. Sometimes aftermath is worse than than what was before. When we try to find joy, now we talked about this just recently. We'll talk about this more in a second. Uh, because that's what people look for. They look for the happiness or joy. It comes fast, goes fast. And as I said, sometimes what comes after is worse than what came before. About a month and a half ago, I had a sermon that was called Happy and You Know It. And a few weeks later, I had a, a sermon that was called Happy Meal. And in that Happy Meal, we, we spoke about, in fact, I just now moved the Happy Meal box that was been blocking my feet for uh, oh, about quite a while. And uh, we so we had the Happy Meal uh, sermon. It was about prayer and word and worship. And being with other people, and uh, but we had that. And then we talked about uh, always being thankful, uh, even in bad times. So we need to be thankful. And then we last week had a sermon called Leftovers, about not giving God your leftovers, but giving Him your best always. And what was left over after that was having a close personal relationship after we gave God our best. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about today. When we have a close personal relationship with the Lord Jesus, we have joy. We have joy. In fact, in the next couple weeks, because in three weeks we will have Christmas. And so in the next couple weeks, we have two sermons at the time that we have that. Uh, so we have uh, a couple sermons coming up, and we're going to talk about having joy, and we're going to have wonderful things coming about. So we're going to talk about finding joy, and joy in Christmas and life all around. But in order to spell joy with the J, the O, and the Y, and I've spoken about this, but Jesus is to come first. We're to have Jesus first in our lives. Jesus is to be the first thing we put in our lives always. Oh, but I have so many other things, and we've talked about it before. Jesus to always be first in our lives. Pastor, what about people who don't believe in Jesus? So I'm not talking about that. Okay? You see, here's the problem. Sometimes people always want to bring in other religions, other beliefs, other things. Stop talking about that. We are here in church. We are here in a Bible-believing, Bible-following church. We are Christians, Christ ones, Christians. 
We are not to talk about others. I don't want to say who cares about other people. That's not the way we're to think. However, who cares about those false beliefs? We're to talk about Christ, God first, Jesus first. Jesus is God after all. God first, Jesus first. Jesus to be first in our lives, then others, then others, and then you. And that spells joy. Jesus, others, you. Jesus, others, and you. That's what we're going to talk about today. Joy is to be found in loving. Joy is to be found in loving. Yes, that's an uh, what we call anagram. Is that right? That's not right. What is it? It's, uh, uh, I, I can't remember what it's called. Not an anagram. What is, what's it called? When you put two words together, together it's a. Uh, I can't remember right now. But anyway, maybe it's an anagram. But um, uh, whatever it's called, uh, you, you, you're spelling it out this way Jesus and others and you. And that's joy. Joy is found in loving. But not just in loving Jesus and then others and you, but also bringing joy to them. Bringing joy to Jesus, bringing joy to others, and bringing joy to you. And how you do that? By everyone seeing proof. And I'm always saying that, you know, people always say proof is in the pudding, right? But in or as I say, pudding. But the fact of the matter is, is by our actions we are known. We say it all the time. They can see by your actions how you're living. They can see that. They can see the everlasting joy inside of you. They can see how you live. People could say you're happy all day long and then some, but if you're going around, I'm happy with a great big frown upon your face or sadness, I'm a happy man, and you're not really showing it. Just like I've said many times before, people could say they're on a diet, but if they see that you look like a great big you know, Thanksgiving Day balloon, I'm sorry, you're not really on a diet. Or people say, I'm in really good health. <laughs> you don't look like it. Or if people say, I got a great big full head of hair, I'm not going to lie. Okay, I'm not going to do that. You could tell I don't. There's all sorts of things I could say right now. People could say it all the time, but you, there's evidence. There's evidence. There's evidence of joy. There's evidence of joy. There's evidence by actions. But we should have everlasting joy, genuine, authentic joy. We're not talking about an act either. There's a difference between actions and acting. <laughs> we're not. We're talking about genuine. You ever have people who put on a fake smile? You've seen them, you know, like. I'm happy. But you know that's all fake. You know, it's like a mask. I used to know a person who was always pretending to be happy, but it was so it was so fake. It was so false. You know, like, and you knew that, that the moment that they turned around, they were just going to be like, Burr. and they said they was really happy. And then two seconds later, they start screaming at you and yelling at you. Boy, wasn't that real happy. But anyhow, all that being said, we're to have the real deal. True happiness. True joy. And there's a difference between being happy, the emotion. And having actual joy. Because bad things are going to happen. We've been talking about this. Bad things are going to happen in your life. It's going to happen. Bad things are going to happen. But when you have true, 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 deep, deep-rooted joy, those bad things aren't going to take the joy, the true joy of Jesus, the true joy in your life away. You're going to wake up with a headache. I do. You're going to wake up and stub your toe. Oh, I don't enjoy that at all. But I don't wake up and stub my toe and go, my whole day is ruined. You're going to have to pay taxes. Oh, pastor, you just read your sermon. My joy is gone. Okay, do we have joy if every little thing just ruins all of our joy? No, because there's a difference between the emotional happiness and joy. You're going to wake up and be sick to your stomach. Okay, so you may not be in the best mood, but that doesn't mean your joy is gone. You're going to sometimes wake up and not feel well. You're going to sometimes go to the store and, God help me, sometimes accidents happen. I'm not just talking about driving accidents. I'm not. I'm saying sometimes things may happen. You may lose a dollar bill. 
you may have this or that happen. But that doesn't mean your true, everlasting, deep to the root joy is gone. Sometimes you're going to have arguments with your loved ones. Sometimes you're going to have people online or whatever. By the way, don't go to the places you know joy is bad for you. Don't watch a show that you know is going to take away that joy. Don't watch people on TV. Don't watch The View. Don't watch the place that you know that people are going to hurt you. If you know that somebody, a star or a song or something hurts you, don't go to that place if you know that it doesn't make you focus on your true joy. If you know that your true joy is found somewhere else, talking about the Word of God, which it ought to be, don't go to the place you know that gets your mind off of your joy. You say, well, I know I'm supposed to be studying the Word of God, but right now I'm going to go to Facebook. Stay off of Facebook if that keeps your mind off of Christ. Get away from those things. Keep your mind on the true joy. By the way, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you that we should keep a mind on the one who does have joy. That's what I'm saying. Too often, we keep our mind off the joyful things. And we keep our mind on the things that are not joyful. And that we need to remember that. Have you ever, have you ever eaten something that for just a moment seems like it's going to be so joyful, and then suddenly you feel sick in your stomach? And you're like, oh, I shouldn't eat. Oh, I, I've done that before. Like, oh, I just feel right now like eating a whatever. And then you get done like, oh, and then, then you're like, oh, and you're not joyful for the rest of the day. That's what we do as Christians sometimes. We're focusing on things that sound good in a physical sense or, or an emotional sense. And when we get done and we, we, we've ruined our entire emotion or our mental state or whatever else, we shouldn't do that. Focus on the spiritual and everything else joy. How do we do that? By focusing our first point on Jesus. On Jesus. Always Jesus. Jesus first. In the day, no matter what happens. I'm not saying ignore everybody around you. No, others are next. But your first focus point deep in the root is Jesus. So let's go to Jesus. Romans 5, 1 through 2. Romans 5, 1 through 2. Remember, where is our joy to be found? Our actions are everlasting, genuine, authentic joy is Jesus. That's right there in the word. Jesus is the beginning of joy. J, Jesus, J, joy. And it says in Romans 5, verse 1 and 2, that's not hard to find. The moment you get to it, Romans, you get to Romans chapter 5, it's right there at the very beginning. Chapter 5, verse 1 and 2 of Romans, it says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It goes on to say, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And so we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Hallelujah. We can rejoice. Joy. Rejoice. Rejoice. We rejoice. In hope of the glory of God. We can rejoice in Jesus. I just love those verses. Oh, hallelujah. That's wonderful. But we can also look to the book of Hebrews. And I love the book of Hebrews. But the book of Hebrews chapter 12. And I've said it before. One of my favorite chapters of all the Bible is Hebrews chapter 11. But it goes on to say so many things in Hebrews chapter 12. Right after that, it goes on to say this. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Let us look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, 
despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. He went through shame. Oh, man. Can you imagine? I know. I've seen all the pictures of Jesus Christ. I've drawn many. I've seen paintings of plenty of Jesus on the cross. I've seen movies. In reality, Jesus was probably naked on the cross. And most likely, he was. Some people want to argue that. In truth, he probably was. Most likely. The point is, is whether he was or whether he wasn't, there was shame upon him. For our sake. Because he was up there in shame for our sin. He was laughed at. He was mocked. He was beaten. He was hurt. He was killed for us. But he brought down all that shame because sin is shameful. When we go home, and today, if you decide, and by the way, any sin that you do is on you because you choose to do that. No, you're not going to lose your salvation, but you should lose all authentic joy. And by joy, I'm not talking about your salvation, but I'm talking about the joy and happiness of what you were doing. Because, because though we can't take your uh, your everlasting joy, it should take your happiness, your emotional joy, your emotion of happiness, your, your smile off your face because you should feel ashamed of it. Because there's shame in that. Jesus knew the cross was shameful, but he got up there because of his love for you. That way we could have joy. That way, we're up on that cross, we could have joy, joy, joy. When we see that cross, although we have tears, we have tears when we look at the cross because we think about what he did for us. Also, looking at that cross, we can think of the grave, but looking at those things, we should have joy because we can think about what he gave us. By looking at that death, we can see life because at looking at the cross, we can see death. Looking at the grave, we can see life when he rose up again. And he said, here, I'm giving it to you. And this is not just life that I rose up. But no, this is life that I'm going to ascend, go into heaven. And I'm giving it to you so that you can have the life I'm giving to you everlasting. It's never going to go away. I'm giving you joy. You don't deserve it, but I'm giving it to you. It's a gift. That is what the gifts at Christmas really represent. And no, I'm not talking about the fact that you're asking for the uh, the uh, Jelly of the Month Club. I'm not at telling you that. I'm saying that when you receive a gift, it is to be a reminder that you can receive the greatest gift of all time when Jesus Christ came in the manger so that he could die on the cross and rise again. And we'll talk about that in a couple weeks. That is the true joy that Jesus wants to give us. Psalm 5, verse 11. Psalm 5, verse 11. Psalm 5, verse 11 says, But may all those who seek refuge in you, come out the Lord, in you rejoice. May they never shout for joy. May they, excuse me, may they ever, may they ever, that means forever, may they forever shout for joy because you defend them. May those who love your name be joyful in you. Let us be joyful in the Lord. You remember there's an old song that says, Rejoice in the Lord always again. I say rejoice. Remember that? Rejoice in the Lord always again. I say rejoice. My dad used to, I used to love to hear my dad do it. He'd go, rejoice, rejoice again. I say rejoice, rejoice. And, I, and we're to rejoice in the Lord always. Oh, this one, I'm having a good day. It's not hard to be joyful in a good day, but always, when, always. Even on those bad days, even when your battery is starting, by the way, winter is upon us. When the battery, you go up there, you're like, oh, better go get my battery checked. You know it. 
You know what? Don't you hate that when you go to start your car? Folks want to be that way in us too. There's times when we want to wake up in the in the winter time, and sometimes the alarm goes off. You go, eh, your battery's not wanting to start. Sometimes spiritually, our battery doesn't want to start. But we're to be joyful always. We should want to spiritually in the Lord always, and want to be joyful anyway, even when we're having quote unquote a bad day. The Lord is still there. We're to be joyful even then. We're to be loving and joyful, not just to Jesus, but also to the next one. Others. To others. First to our spouse, to your husbands, to your wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. Also to your family, to your friends, to the others around you. Yes, even your enemies. And I've said this before, by your enemies, I'm talking about those who are enemies to you, I mean by that I mean they think of you as an enemy. I don't have enemies. Now I don't mean that there's people who don't think of me as an enemy. I know people who hate my guts and liver. But you know what? My guts and liver still love them. I that doesn't mean I love the things about them. I don't love the things about the people of the world. I can't stand the things about the people of the world. That doesn't mean that I hate them. I still love them. I love them, but I don't like them. There's a lot of times I'll get online and people say, "Hey, you're not la la." Well, the fact of the matter is I might be la, 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 la to them. But in reality, they're just jealous because I'm so doggone handsome. No, in reality, no, in truth, I'm kidding. In truth, in truth, they are jealous. But it's not because I'm physically handsome. I mean, that's in reality, no, I mean, I'm not handsome is what I mean. That's given. What I mean to say is they're jealous because I'm glowing with joy in the Lord. They hate Jesus because they don't know Jesus. That's why they don't want to see the joy of the Lord glowing in me. And they don't want to see the joy of the Lord in you. They want to believe what they want to believe. And that's not even their fault. So here's the thing. You're to love those who think of you as an enemy. But that doesn't mean you're to love the enemy, which is Satan. You're not to love that doofus. That doofus, R. Jones, hates God because he is the enemy of God. And he's the only one, the only one. I say the only one. That includes the demons, too. The only one that it's okay to hate. I hate the way of Satan. I hate the way of eternal death. I hate that because he's trying to damn the people for eternity. So yes, I hate that. But I will say this. I love the Lord who loves those people who hate you. And so therefore, because they hate him, we're to rejoice and show joy to those people, show love to those people, no matter what. Yes, but they hurt my feelings. But you know what's great about feelings? They come, they go. Feelings come and go. Okay, they hurt your feelings, but they called me ugly. They called me all these things. Well, folks, people may call you ugly, but people lie. You're not ugly. What they think is ugly is the fact that they see Jesus in you. That is ugly to them because they're jealous of your happiness. Don't let their lies hurt you. They're brainwashed. It's not them. It's him, Satan. Don't worry about that. It doesn't matter. Just go to Romans 12, 15. Go to Romans 12, 15, which says this in Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And that doesn't mean about the enemies. That's telling you to be with those, like I said a while ago, be with your loved ones, your spouse, your family, be with those. And I'm talking about your family and the Lord too, your friends and the Lord. Be with those, rejoice with those who rejoice. It's like, but I want those people who are my enemies and my friends. You can't do anything about that. What you can do is be with those who do love you. Be with those 
who are your family, who are your friends. Don't, don't worry about those others. Spend time with them. As it says again, Romans 12, 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Spend time with those who are your family and friends. Don't waste time on the others. But as far as the others go, what we'll get to that in Listen to, to Proverbs 10.23. This one says, The hope of the righteous will be gladness. In other words, joy. Gladness. And then here's the people that are lost. But the expectation of the wicked will perish. Eventually, their hope's going to move it away. But we don't want that. We don't want it to move it away. We want them to come to know the Lord. We don't want bad on them. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray for them. We're going to pray for them. We're going to hope the best for them. I remember hearing, I talked about this just the other day. I remember hearing a priest one time said, Oh, man, I want you to, oh, man, I can't wait till the day you stand before God, and you're going to fall down, and you're going to wish to God you had listened. I was like, no, 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 you can't do it. I told him before. It was just me and him. I said, no, you can't do that. He said, there are people lost here. You've heard you say that. You can't do that. Because when you do that, they're going to think, that you hate them, and they need to hear and know God's love in you. Don't you see? And that's how we got to be, folks. we got to have joy. they got to see the joy of God, not the hatred of the flesh. they got to see the love of God, the joy of God in us. Let them see the joy. What do they need to see? Joy, joy, joy. they got to know the joy of the Lord. they got to see the joy to the world. they got to see the joy to the world. That's what they got to see, folks. And here's, so listen to what it says in Luke 15, 10. It says, likewise, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. What are we talking about? Let's say it again. Listen, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. What it's saying is, when one, just one sinner comes to know Jesus Christ, repents of their sins, and comes to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior, the angels, all the angels, Rejoice and have joy in their hearts. They're so thrilled because of one sinner comes to know the Lord. When you became, when you became a Christian, that's Jesus in your heart, all the angels rejoiced and sang. I have to believe in heaven. There are people, not just the angels, but even those who are our brothers and sisters of Christ. When another one joins, another one joins, they come, they come and start singing and rejoicing. And when when we come into heaven, there's going to be rejoicing. And they're like, another one's here, another one's here. No more, you know that song. Another one bites the dust. I have to think that there's like that dust is gone, and now another one's amongst us, and we're they're thrilled and they're they're rejoicing, and there's joy amongst us. We need to have joy when we see. We have to pray that one comes to know the Lord, and pray that they will now be amongst the family, folks. We can't let them see the flesh and hatred, but see the joy of the Lord, so that we want them to be a part of the family. That doesn't mean hang around the world and and be a part of them. But let them see the joy of God so they want to join the family. So that they'll one day, hopefully, and this is God's will, not our ours, God's way, not ours, but that they'll join the family reunion someday, which there will be. Hallelujah. One day there's going to be a mighty family. And who knows? The guy who cut you off in the Walmart parking lot this year, the guy who cut you off when you tried to go down to Target, who, who was at, remember when you was at Quick Trip a couple days ago? And that guy gave you a certain suggestion or whatever it might have been. So one day, and I don't know what it might have been, but I do know this, that one day when you was at the, the, the streetlights and he gave you a certain look that, that might have cut through your liver, when that happened, that person, when they did that, maybe you gave them a kindness. 
kindness instead of a hatred back. Because you did unto others instead of what they did unto you. Who knows? Maybe that person comes to know the Lord. And maybe part of that was because of the fruit that you gave to them. And maybe someday that person will be in heaven. And you'll be reminded by God that this person's here. And maybe it's because of something that God used that you did to them. Isn't that wonderful? Could be done. You never know. And so we give unto Jesus, we give unto others, and we also give unto you. Jesus, others, you. Joy. Let's talk about that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16-3. Well, we'll start with, with verse 16. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 says this. Rejoice always. That's a short verse. Rejoice always. No, that's enough for me. Rejoice always. But we'll, we'll go on from there. Rejoice always. Not sometimes. Not just when it's good. Always rejoice. But going on from there, it says, 1 Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice always. And verse 17, pray without ceasing. And I, I said this a couple weeks ago. And then verse, verse 18. So rejoice always, pray without ceasing. And verse 18, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So it says rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Never stop. In everything, give in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We're to always be joyful. But Pastor, I'm going through a difficult time. I'm so sorry. I know that. I understand difficult times. I've had some of the worst times. I won't go through them all. You know a lot of them. Sometimes it gets so hard. I can't find joy in those times. And so I don't. I don't cry. I don't go, I can't find joy in these times of having this part of my body cut and that part cut and, and this part of the hospital or this person of my life who was once part or whatever. So I don't look for joy in those things or in those moments or in these situations. I don't look for joy in that. I look for joy in the only place I can find joy, Jesus Christ. Then others, then me. And by others, I'm also talking other situations. If you can't find joy in the things around you, look for the joy in the one who you know joy is found in. Amen? I can't find joy in my job right now. Don't look for J is not for job. J is for Jesus. But my job is terrible. It stinks right now. I'm sorry about that. I really am. But be glad that the one, Jesus, gave you that job. And if that job's not for you right now, Pray that the one, Jesus, will help you to find the, the job that he has for you. But if you put J where he belongs, oh my Jesus, put J where he belongs, then that joy will come back to you. Let's put our eyes where it belongs on Jesus. Then the others will sit back and you will be just fine in there. I promise. Well, I know it's hard sometimes. So is it okay that I get said, sure, it's an emotion. It's okay. God gave us the emotions. I know I get sad sometimes. I'm the one who has to look in this mirror. But the point is this. My mirror goes from frown to upside down to a happy face right away. Why? Because I know that Jesus died for me, that Jesus lives in me, that Jesus loves me, and turns me into a happy, happy camper real quick because I know the joy is in me. As I said, I rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say I'm going to rejoice. I have joy. People say, isn't that false joy? How is 
How is having happiness in Christ false? No, he is the one, the only one that the joy is always there. I had someone a few weeks ago, a couple months ago now almost, tried to take away my happiness, take away my joy, and I told that person, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. You try to take away my joy, you can't take away that joy. It's with me always, clickety, click, click, and they're not going to pick up that anymore. You know why? You can't take away my joy. Joy is more than a dish liquid, and I'm going to tell you something. The dish liquid was not what cleaned away all the dirtiness in me. It was Jesus who took away all the dirtiness and filth within me. It's Jesus that brings the joy to me, not a lemony-smelling dish liquid. Amen? Amen. Although I do like the smell of lemons. I really do. However, anyone who thinks they can do what Jesus did is a lemon themselves. Okay, so you, you are the last, last part of joy. Now, John 16, 24. John 16, 24 says this. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. If you want joy, ask Jesus and you'll receive. Now, don't take this out of context. Don't take this out of context. Some people preach that this means anything you ask for, you will receive. You remember as a little kid. People will tell you at Christmas time. They say, if you ask Santa, he's going to give you anything you want. Anything. Boy, this was real nice. Poor folks. We won't go too deep into it. But poor folks who had to get things for their children and all, they didn't care for this little uh, this little story much because all of a sudden they were sweating bullets whenever the kids would ask for a, a pony. When their kids would ask for a real-life tiger or whatever else. They're like, we're not going to get a real-life tiger. Here's the point. Just because you ask it don't mean you're going to receive it. That's not what it says. He said, ask for everlasting life. Ask for the joy of the Lord and you shall receive it. He didn't say anything. Ask for. He said, ask for my will and my will will be done. That joy cannot be, cannot be, will not be taken away. Put your mind to the root of joy where it belongs, which is Jesus. Then others, then you. If you Try to put that backwards, which a lot of selfish, foolish people do. You know what they get? Yoge. Yoge. That's joy backwards. Yoge. And that's stupid. Doesn't it sound like a, a weird anime show? Let's watch Yoge. By the way, I like anime. I just out for like an anime, Heather. <laughs> but but so, let's watch Yoge today. No, I'm not going to watch Yoge. I'm going to watch Joy. Put Jesus in others than you. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. So going on from there. Psalm 16, 9 through 11. Psalm 16, 9 through 11. Listen to what it says. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. It goes on to say in verse 11, you make known to me the path of life you will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. See, God brings us true joy in the darkest times of our life. The darkest times of our life, God will, will is, excuse me, in the darkest time of our life, God's will is still working. I'm going to now turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 20. I'll go through this quickly. I don't know if I'll read all this, but I'll do my best. Luke chapter 2. Because it says this. And in the same area, this is Luke 2, 8 20. And in the same area, 
There were shepherds living in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were very afraid. This was a dark time, a very dark time in this period of life. Because the Romans were ruling the land. They came in, they were devastated. That wasn't bad enough. For 500 years, for 500 years, there were people, there were people who were in charge over the land, and uh, there was no, no hope, no hope at all, no hope at all of uh, of the Lord. People were waiting for a Messiah to show up. We'll talk about this in a minute. There was no hope for the Messiah coming at all. And as they were waiting for the Messiah, they wanted a, a warrior to come in. That's what they were waiting for. To destroy the Romans. Before that was the Greeks. And they kept waiting for a warrior to destroy these people who were destroying their land, they saw. And people were waiting for that. So it was a dark time. And people looked at different other folks, like the fishermen and shepherds, and thought of them as low-down, dirty nothings. They thought of them basically, and I'm not saying anything bad about people who are trash men or whatever around here, but there are certain people who look their noses up or look down, if you will, at people who do certain uh, manual jobs. I've never liked, I could, never could handle that, when people look down at others who do manual jobs. Um, there are blue-collar workers who look down at the, uh, uh, we're blue-collar workers who work hard, you know, and then the white-collar workers look down at the blue-collar workers. I mean, I used to work at Sam's Club, and I had one of the guys said to me one time, said, oh, you blue-collar workers. And I said, hey, forgive me. I don't have caviar. But I kept thinking, you know, this is how some people think, you know. You know, I don't have caviar, you know, in the, in the office work. But uh, the truth be told, uh, that's how people thought of as shepherds. They thought of them as stinky people, and they did stink in the sense that they uh, were out there working with sheep. All the time, they, they weren't around people except for other shepherds. But shepherds were thought of as poorly. But you think about it, it says here, it says in the same area there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over the flocks by night. And there's a lot of shepherds. It says, and then an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were very afraid. And you would be if an angel appeared. I know we hear this a lot, but you think about the glory of God, the appearance of the Lord through. That would scare you. But this is what it says. It says they were very afraid, but the angel said to them, Hark, do not be afraid. It says, Fear not. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You'll find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there were angels of great company. A whole bunch of angels suddenly appeared in front of them. And th this uh, heavenly host started praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Can you imagine that? Angels all over, praising the Lord God. The angels then went away from them in heaven, and the shepherds said to each other, to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see what is happening, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came hurrying and found Mary and Joseph and the baby. They found the baby lying in a manger when they had seen him. They made widely known, they had made widely known the word which was told to them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled 
at what the shepherds told them. So they didn't just say, oh, look what we was told. They went around telling those widely, telling the people around them, those who knew what was told. They said, look, 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 joy, joy, the baby's here. They told, and I'm, I'm assuming they were telling those safely. They didn't tell those who could hurt the baby, but they were telling, look, look, the baby's here, the baby, the baby, joy, Jesus is here. Joy, they were spreading joy, joy. Can you imagine? Joy to the world. How many people nowadays, they don't tell people the good news. The good news. That's what gospel means. The good news. They say, oh yeah, I'm going to church. And read the Bible. No, we're not, to be, we're not to be that way. I'm reading the word of God. I got the gospel. I'm going to church. because I don't go to, almost, almost a shame. Yeah, I'm going to church. No, we're to tell them. We're to invite them. Man, they make fun of me. So what? Who cares? What are they going to do? They make fun. For what? Mock you for what? Doing the truth of Jesus? Do we know this truth? Yes, I know. I know. I know it's simple. You don't know that you know. I do know that you know. You have a scientist. Say, I don't care what scientists say. No, the scientists say we live millions and billions of trillions of years. So what? I don't care what they say. I know the one that knows that he knows. He's the one that created the whole thing. I know that I know. Pastor, you can't prove to me. I'm not trying to prove to you. I'm trying to get you to believe who I believe in because he's the one that can show me. He's the one that has shown me. If you believe in him, he'll show you too. But you have to believe. You have to know. You have to have faith. You have to have faith. They don't have to. They have the right to choose not to believe. But I know one day we will all. I know one day we will all stand before him. And when that day comes, it'll be too late for those who do not. I'm not going to have to worry about that. Anymore. I'm going to have all the joy then that I'll have now, except even more so. That joy, that joy. Those shepherds went around telling all they went around spreading the word concerning this child, and all those who heard it marveled at what the shepherds told them. But Mary kept all those things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned. They returned to their land. They returned and glorified and praised, praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Praise God. We don't have to keep it quiet. And we should. Don't be ashamed. Don't let the devil steal your joy. Don't let the devil and the people of this world steal your joy. Now, I am not saying the people of this world, some of the lost, or even maybe some Christians who are living in this world, in the ways of the world. I'm not saying that they know that they're being used with the devil. They don't know that. Of course they don't. But don't let them steal your joy. Don't let them steal. They can't steal your joy unless you let them. Live for Jesus, then others than you. Let joy be seen and felt every day. Look in the mirror and see that Jesus loves you and is living in you and glowing through you. Be happy. Remember what I said a couple weeks ago? Happy and you know it. Have that joy just glowing through you. Through the dark and difficult times, you should know that Jesus is there. Pastor, you don't know how dark it is. You're right, I don't. But Jesus does. And he's with you. As it says in Romans 12, 2. Romans 12. Doesn't matter how dark this world is around you. It was dark for them in their time, the, the shepherds. I told you they went through all those years. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Philippians 4 4. Philippians 4 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say rejoice. It's like we were saying a while ago. Always. Through good and bad. 
Or James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. When you're tempted by the bad things in the world, tempted to look away and not be joyful. It's okay, listen to what it says. It says, my brothers, count it all joy. James 1, 2 and 3. For our brothers, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith develops patience. The The good comes from the good. So we're to be joyful in Jesus and to others in Let everyone feel the joy of the Lord's overwhelming love flow from us. Let us close with Romans 15, 15, as it says. Romans 15, 15. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I have the joy in the Lord, Lord Jesus. Nothing's going to take that away from me. Even the worst days of my life, whatever they may be, the joy of Jesus is still with me. I think the worst days are when you lose your loved ones. They are. But you know what? Most of my loved ones are with Jesus. And so even though it's going to hurt to lose my loved ones, and it does, I know. My joy is still in knowing they're with me. And then when there's loved ones who don't, I don't. I know that they know how. So I know that they can figure it out by knowing the how. So I only know that God speaks to them. And I pray and hope that they will find the joy that I know. So remember when a prayer time comes right now, this is the time to come forward. This is the time to come forward to ask for the joy to live in you through Jesus. Perhaps you do already have it, but perhaps you have a cup of joy like you could and should have have before. This is the day when, and this is the moment when you can ask Jesus to live thoroughly through you like he once did and be shown through you to others. Or perhaps even when you just look in the mirror in the morning you want to feel that joy like you once did. It can happen. It can happen right now. Call out to him. Come for him. Maybe you don't feel like coming for him. You don't have to. But I think you should. And the reason is because it's a step of faith. And it's the first that's the first step of faith. Stepping out faith is grace. Find the hope and the joy. Don't let anyone stop you. Joy is found in Jesus. Then others in you. Step out today. Let the joy of Jesus be seen by the whole world. And the only time that you can see. Let's bow down. Precious Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that this season and every season after. New Year coming. I pray that every single day and every hour of the day, through every second, I pray that we look towards you, Jesus Christ, our Messiah, our Lord and Savior. I pray, Lord God, that we do not allow others to take our minds and eyes off of you. I pray, Lord God, as we are often distracted, and I know I'm guilty, but I pray, Lord God, that I will not be distracted from the joy that you have given me. I pray, Lord God, that I will always remember, always, that my joy is not found in the things 
of this world or in this world, but found in the one who created this world and created salvation to save you from this world, giving everlasting life to the world. I pray for those right now, for anyone who needs you right now to help them find joy, that they will find it and they'll come forward to you. I pray this in your holy name.